every day is a choice. Like you get to analyze, like, do I really love this person every day? Whereas like, if you just make the decision five years ago that we're going to be together forever, then maybe you don't necessarily analyze how you actually feel each day. So it's like, this kind of gives you a chance to check in often. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 224. We're Finn and Emma. Hey, Emma. What? Two plus two equals four. Yes. (laughs) And your point? Pretty cool, eh? (laughs) Wow. Oh, man, if someone's just listening to this as their very first episode. And they're done. Right. (laughs) We promise. Keep listening. Look, there's 223 episodes of shitty jokes before this, so (laughs) tune in to to hear them all. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Anyway, today, today we have a vulnerable and beautiful interview with Hannah and Greg. They haven't had many resources along the way, and so their conversation is really just about how they figured it out and kind of bumped along uh, in their journey. Well, they found resources, but a little late in the game. Yeah, I should clarify it. <laughs> right. They didn't have them at the beginning. Yeah. And so it's, uh, as Emma said, it's a pretty vulnerable conversation about like, didn't know what they were doing, kind of were fumbling around and making it work and like have done a lot of learning and evolving over the years. So just a huge amount of gratitude to them for coming on and sharing. And it's a super fun conversation and we just really appreciate it. Yes. Uh, we Before we jump into the interview, we do have a couple of announcements. First up. Quick announcements. You have to say quick. Always? Yes. Okay. Well, now we're like delayed the quickness of this by calling that out. Well, not as much as you delaying it by talking about the delay. (laughs) Anyway, uh, thank you very much to everyone who is a Patreon supporter out there. We're incredibly grateful for each and every one of you, as always. Uh, Our community has grown to over 200 members. If you're interested and looking for like-minded people, we'd love for you to check it out. Go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and click on the Patreon button for all of the details. Yeah, I would just say we had um, men's and women's group calls this week, and they were fantastic. Uh, Last night, I did the men's group call, and actually one of the pieces of feedback that that I was given on that call was that uh, this person was in therapy, was seeing a counselor, and they they often get more out of the men's group calls than counseling. Yeah. And we're one-fiftieth of the cost. (laughs) So so think about that um, as a way to save a little bit of money. You should also consider getting a counselor. I'm just saying we're not a replacement. No, I was going to say we are not a a replacement, but we are better (laughs) and humbler. Oh, my gosh. I'd say it's a good addition to therapy, to counseling. Fair enough. (laughs) That's probably the better disclaimer. And to Finn's point, we do have a men's group, a women's group, an ongoing uh, chat group, and a monthly Q&A. So we'll have all of those calls in March coming up. So join us for those. If Patreon doesn't seem like it's up your alley, we do a bunch of virtual events as well that are not tied to Patreon. We do monthly virtual meet and greets. The next one is tomorrow. That's February 24th. 
Thursday, February 24th. And then in a couple of weeks, we've got virtual trivia coming up on March 4th. And then in uh, later in March, we've got a virtual meet and greet on the 5th and a virtual meet and greet on the 15th. So links to all of those will be in the show notes or on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com click on the community events tab. And just to be clear, the requirement to join those events are that you are open-minded and respectful. So we'd love for you to come join us, check it out, meet like-minded people, have a fun time. We love these events and we're going to keep doing them. We also have some fun in-person events coming up at the end of March and early April, both in San Francisco and San Diego. If you're in either of those places, or we'd love to have you travel and come join us too, all of the information is on our website. We have some meet and greets, a pole dance class, um, uh, art of play class, which you'll have to go to our website to learn more. Everything is there, and we'd love to have you join us. At normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Yes. Click on the community events tab. Yes. And the last thing we wanted to throw in your face, in your ears, before we jump into this amazing interview with Hannah and Greg, is we would love you to join us in being amazing, awesome, fantastic sexual health advocates. Yes, all of the adjectives. Our favorite way to do that is to get tested for STIs so you know your status and you can communicate that clearly to future partners or current partners or past partners. And so the way that Emma and I do that is using a a service called stdcheck.com. They are an affiliate partner of the podcast. And so using the links does uh, support the show financially. However, you also save $10, which makes a 10 panel test about $130. It's super fast. It's super easy. We've been using the service for years and we love it. So check it out. If you need to get tested, that's our favorite way to do it. Yes. And with that, let's go talk to Hannah and Greg. And one other thing. Oh, if you're interested in being on the show or have any comments, feedback for us, we'd love for you to reach out to us. Again, our website, we've said it a million times, normalizingnomonogamy.com. Go to the contact us page and you can reach out to us there. And that's where I store all my nudes. So (laughs) if you want to- Well, this is news to me. I didn't know that either. Yeah. So if you want to see what I look like nude, uh, you can head over there and let me know what you think. And now- Let's go talk to Hannah and Greg. Welcome to the show, Hannah and Greg. We're excited to have you here. We're excited to talk to you both, learn more about you, hear your story, and I don't know, stoop into your lives a little bit. So before we do, do you mind introducing us uh, to yourselves so we have a better idea of who we're talking to? Sure. Yeah. Uh, My name's Hannah. We live in Atlantic Canada. We've been together for almost 13 years now. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and pretty I, work much. In, I, <laughs> I work in education. Um, and what else? I think that's like the gist of it, unless you want to give your age or is that? Oh yeah, I'm 31. Ooh. <laughs> How old are you? Well, my name's Greg and I'm 30. Ah, and another cougar. Love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do what I can. And I'm also from Atlanta, Canada. We grew up in the same town. We've been together since high school. I was 16. You were 17? No, you were 17. 17, 18. 18. <laughs> so yeah, it's been a long time. It's been quite the journey for us. Yeah. Well, and and so what, I guess, what does the relationship look like today? Obviously, probably a little different than 13 years ago. Uh, but it sounds like there was some some journey along the way, the, the more or less which we'll dive into because because yeah. we've been together we've been together for fifteen years more oh, or less okay. we we have a similar uh, more or less in there so maybe they get some overlap. Yeah, well, I usually say uh, on and off whenever we talk about it when I'm with friends and everything but 
It's a joke that I always say. That's his classic. Everyone's like, how long have you been together? And I say, oh, about 13 years. And he goes, on and off. <laughs> that's, that's like, I was going to say, that's like when, when people ask me if, if I have any kids, I say not that I know of. But that, that joke doesn't, it doesn't land with everybody. So. Yeah, well, you never know who you're dealing with. Right. You got to shoot your shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so what does it look like today? And how how did we get here? How are you on a show talking to us about non-monogamy? Well, you can take that one on. Yeah. So I guess today we identify as we usually say we're non-monogamous or in an open relationship. Um, we're still kind of figuring that out. We don't really have exact words for how we describe ourselves. But yeah, mm-hmm. I don't really know the vocabulary that much. So to me, I just say we're in an open relationship, and most people seem to understand what that means. So yeah, that kind of works for us. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. What does that look like in practice right now for the two of you? So I have another partner that I've been dating for about a year and a half now and kind of similar. Yeah. So do I. Greg. So currently, yeah, we, we each have one person that we see on aside from ourselves and we're a, I guess you could say we're allowed to date other people if we want to, but we haven't been choosing to. It's kind of weird times to date where (laughs) we're living anyway. It's like, yeah, just where can you go? And both of us in the winter, we kind of end up being inside a lot of the evenings. And most of our dates, we don't really like going, say, to clubs or anything. Most of our dates are outside, going for hikes or whatever else. So yeah. now we're in the cold and when we get home from work, it's dark. So it's like, well, we can't even really bother to go out anymore. So we've just kind of been happy with what we have each yeah. other and our other partners, basically. Yeah. The hibernation months. We know. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. We know. When we're real. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and so backing up 13 years ago, the journey began and how, how, how did we get here? So Greg and I grew up in the same very tiny town in rural Atlantic Canada. Like our school had 400 people. So, well, yeah, our school had 360 people and that was from grade seven to 12. So it was like, yeah, just tiny. tiny. Our population was like 1,015 when we grad or when we graduated. Yeah. Yeah. So tiny, tiny town. So we knew who each other were all through even like elementary school and into high school. We were good friends. I think our friendship started while we were in seventh. Well, you were in seventh grade and I was in eighth grade. He actually mm-hmm. dated my best friend at the time. That's true. Kind of funny. Um, that's kind of how it all started. But everybody dated everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like scandalous or anything. Yeah. <laughs> right. When it's such a small, small town, small school, it's, that's what happens. Yeah. It's just yeah. the way it is. Yeah. So, yeah. So you went to university and we stayed together through that experience. And. Then when I graduated and we were both in university, we stayed together, but we were in different places. So we'd see each other and that we hadn't really been, well, we didn't know what an open relationship was at the time. Like this was how long ago? 2010. Yeah. 12 years ago. And I just feel like in the last three years, we finally started hearing about it. Well, your podcast specifically is like an, I don't know if you'd say it's an outlet, but it's like, somewhere that you can learn about this kind of lifestyle. Whereas back in the day, 
It's just, yeah. you were with your one person and that's what you did. And then if you had the urge to be with someone else, you felt like a demon or whatever it was. So it was like in a weird spot, but we got through it and we stayed together. And then did, did this, either of you have those urges or those, those inklings to like look outside or interest in other people or anything like that at, at that time? So I'll go back a little bit. When I was in like eighth, ninth grade with my first relationships, it wasn't great. It wasn't or, me. It wasn't you. But, uh, <laughs> Before my time, I guess. I remember I liked two boys at the same time. And everyone was like, you can't like two people at once. You have to choose. And I was just like, why? I don't want to choose. This is so silly. I don't want to have to choose. I just didn't understand. I mean, I understood why I had to, to fit into those kind of those social norms. But in my heart, I was like, I don't want to have to choose just one. I didn't really understand why I had to do that. Right. Well, you had to leave some for the other people if there's only like eight kids in that <laughs> That's class. That's true. You can't be greedy <laughs> where we came from. <laughs> but no, I totally get that. That like, yeah, the norm is you choose one. And yeah, so you had that pressure from very early. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And in our in our small town, I remember you'd hear about those groups of older kids that would have threesomes on the weekend and you'd be like shocked. And I was like, what are they doing? How can they actually love each other if they're having threesomes? And now I think about how I used to think like that. And it's just hilarious. That was was how I I thought about it. (laughs) That is funny. But Where were we going after that? Oh yeah. So the summer after my first year university, I decided to go away and work planting trees. It doesn't really matter what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I guess the way I looked at it is I always had this feeling of like, I wanted to be, I mean, I loved Hannah, but I also cared about me becoming somebody as an individual. And it's, I guess, making that decision. It was tough, but it's one that I really believe like I need to separate myself, be on my own, meet people as an individual and not meet everybody as the guy and here's my girlfriend that was something that i always felt was important for me to pursue so i would spend my summers going away and working and i we would be apart and we kind of had a i guess don't talk about what happens when you're away so it was like we but we didn't know what an open relationship was so Looking back, we kind of were in one, but didn't know what it was, which made it maybe more dysfunctional than it had to be, because it was like basically not telling each other about what was going on when we were away. Yeah, so we leave for months at a time, and we know it was coming, so it wasn't a big shock, but he would go away, and I would stay home in my small town, or a couple times I went to a different town in our country. And it worked, but we'd be very separate for months at a time. And mm-hmm. we would talk. We were still in touch. Oh, yeah. I'd but call you we all wouldn't the talk about what was going on in our dating lives or our sex lives. We just like didn't really talk about it. And then eventually we would come back together at the end of the summer, whenever it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Looking back on it now, like since we've been doing an open relationship, like I guess properly or like with more like respect or what, however you want to say it, looking back on what we were doing then it like seems like we were just doing it very poorly. But at the time it's all that we really 
knew how to do or we didn't think about it or we just knew that we wanted to have this time apart but we didn't have the language to like figure out the best way to go about doing it so it's like we talk about that all the time now is man i wish that we had known about this kind of lifestyle back then because then it just would have made our relationship even stronger yeah i would have i would have felt less like he was leaving and i didn't know when he was coming back or if I didn't know when, what he was doing, it would have been like, I know he's leaving, but I know he loves me, but I know he wants to do this other stuff too. And it just would have made it so much um, less emotionally taxing. I think if we had had the proper language and the proper resources uh, yeah. back then to do it. And we're, we're both of you. And maybe like, for, I don't know. I have a couple of questions about this because it's, really, <laughs> it's really interesting. Um, yeah. So like since then, have you two like talked about, your experiences during those, those times apart. Like, have so, you, yeah. yeah, that's interesting because before we started this kind of journey, the last two years, almost two years, I guess a year and a half of like doing this open relationship properly with like open and honestly, we have begun to start freely opening up about t- things in the past like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas before maybe I wouldn't, talk about like a story a funny story when i wasn't around her because i like well it's not really worth it like i'll save that one for the boys when i'm out with them on the golf course or whatever like no need to put her through that whereas now we're more open to yeah just exposing those times of our lives to each other i guess yeah at the time i was very adamant about not knowing anything that he was doing i like deleted and blocked him on Facebook even, which seems crazy to say now, but I, that's how I coped. I just, I knew he loved me, but I knew he was away and doing his own thing. And I wanted to live my own life at the same time. And I knew if I had access to those like photos of him sitting beside a random girl on a tree stump, I'd freak <laughs> out. So I just didn't even bother putting myself through it. Yeah. I just kind of. Just... Which looking back is like not the way to do it. <laughs> we could do it all over again. <laughs> But we can't. Yeah, but like you didn't know any better, and and like out like I can understand how you cope that way, Hannah. Of like out of sight, out of mind type thing. Like I need to focus. I need to focus on me right now, and that feels too hard. Mm -hmm. So I don't. And we didn't. You two didn't have the like the knowledge or know how else to navigate it. So you're just doing the best you could, and um, yeah, I don't. It's it's too bad that like you two had to go through it that way, I guess. Like, although I'm sure there were some benefits to both of you as well. Um, Yeah. Well, in the moment, I mean, the times apart were hard, but then when we get back together, it was like the sparks were flying. And in a way it's like, I think that if we had been together for this long and didn't have that time apart, it wouldn't have worked out the way that it's worked out now. And I believe that. I truly believe that. Yeah, I mm-hmm. agree too. Mm-hmm. I mean, if people look and look at our past, like some of our friends that have been around us the whole time, and think we're crazy. And I'm like, I guess we are. But at the same time, it's like, how long's your longest relationship? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, like one year. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, maybe yeah. us being crazy is like the key to it all. I don't know, right? Well, and you have a point too. Like, you also have that time to, like, you're in your early twenties. Like, develop who you are as a person, an individual. Find mm-hmm. yourself, and like, without, um, I mean, 
there's there's uh, pros and cons, right? But like the uh, pro of that, like finding yourself in those moments so that then you can bring back to your relationship, this relationship, mm-hmm. a, maybe a better version of yourself or a person that understands yourself a little bit differently. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Like being in a tree planting camp for that long, you have a tendency to go a little bush crazy, I guess you could say, animalistic to say the least. So it's kind of good for me to have like an anchor away from that lifestyle or else potentially I could have kind of gone down darker roads in a way because there is like alcohol abuse and drug abuse around that kind of a lifestyle. So for me to have someone to go back to, it is kind of like a cleanse in a way, I guess you could say. Because yeah. you, you do develop bad habits, <laughs> you could say yeah. the least. But So when I would come home and then I'd like not want to bring those bad habits back to her, so I'd like cleanse them away. And then it kind of kept me from, kept me on track, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. yeah. which was good. Well, I think, just a, another question on it, like the... Like when you would leave for the three or four months, did you two have the conversation like, we're still together, we're still in a relationship, or was it like, we're just, we're just Hannah and Greg, and like I'll see you in four months? Because I I could see where that would be, like that's really hard to be like, well maybe he's off finding someone better, or maybe you think, hey Hannah's off finding someone better to replace me while I'm gone. Like I could see where that would instill a lot of like fear and insecurity. Yeah, so I mean, it wasn't always easy, I have to say, those summers, especially the before he left were the hardest parts, the leading up to it, because it was all of those questions and all of that uncertainty and saying mm-hmm. goodbye was always the hardest part. We'd have these, I remember one long drawn out conversation in your parents' Subaru in an empty parking lot in town, and we were chatting for hours because I was just so distraught about him leaving, and he was... He was adamant about the fact that he loved me and that he wanted to be with me, but this was just something he had to do. And I never knew the exact date that I would be back. So I was kind of scared to tell her, yeah, this is the date I'm going to be back this time. Because then I always had this thing of like, I didn't want to feel restricted by my relationship. That doesn't mean that I don't care about her in any way or, but it's like, so for me to have said, oh, I'm back April, definitely. But then what if something were to happen and I'm like, oh, well, I have this two week adventure that I could possibly do that could be life changing. But then I have this other commitment and I was like very scared to make that commitment. So a lot of it was a bit open ended, which looking back, I would never do that now. But as a young 20 year old guy, I was like, this is important to me. I, I know that I'm could be looked at as like a bad guy for this, but I, it's just something in my heart that I had to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in your early twenties, you're figuring out who you both are. Like I, I totally get it. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's hard. Like you said, like if you were to probably go back and do it differently, like you would do it differently. You might still do the time apart, but you would do the time apart in a different way. Exactly. You have, you have yeah. the framework now that you didn't have then. So I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate you answering all the questions on this. Cause it's a really, it's really the first time like we've actually had something like this come up on the show. Yeah. And it is just really interesting that like the, you were doing an open relationship 
without calling it an open relationship. And almost don't ask, don't tell yeah. kind of arrangement. Yeah. I don't necessarily recommend it. And <laughs> 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 people like do their research at a young age and like realize that, Hey, there's a lot of different ways you can do this relationship thing, but we yeah. didn't have that knowledge at all. Right. And I think for a lot of people in my life, they saw what I was going through, like post friends and my mom in particular, they just didn't understand why I was tolerating this yearly months apart. They thought it was too hard on me and they saw how it sometimes negatively affected me. But I think in my heart, I just knew that someday things would be different and that I trusted in his love for me enough that no matter what happened in those tumultuous months apart that we would but you're yeah. you're talking like you didn't have fun at all. That's what I was gonna say. Did, <laughs> right now. Did, did did you take advantage of the opportunity as well, Hannah? And, uh, okay. Yeah, she's like, come on now, don't throw me in the <laughs> She's just at home knitting, waiting for you to return. <laughs> she's just brooding right now about it. <laughs> no, I definitely made the most of my time. Yeah, you traveled and did beautiful things. It's like. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> well, so think, but it was still hard. It was still hard for yeah. both. Of oh us. yeah, it was definitely hard for both of us. Yeah, I'm just better at like not thinking about anything. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks about everything, so it would take like um, if I was having a bad night or a bad day, then that would be those would be the days that I would like think more about her and our situation, and then yeah, that would be very hard. But most of the time, I'm this isn't just about our relationship, but life in general is like, I'm kind of thinking ahead. I don't often take the time to think backwards, which is like, yeah, maybe I should work on that, whatever. But it's just the way that I process life in a way. So yeah, you are better at talking about the sadness of it, I guess, because you feel more of that in the way you think or something. I was sad too. (laughs) <laughs> I want to know. Yeah. And Greg, Greg was just as hurt as Hannah during this time. Why did it be known? I think it was I'm just, not the, the demon here. It was a little different for me because for the first three or so years this happened, I stayed in her hometown and he was yeah. off having these adventures and I was still staying where we grew up. And that yeah. felt a little like shitty because I would yeah. like run into his parents on the street and I would see all his friends everywhere. And it's like, Oh, where's Greg? Like, oh, I actually don't really know where he is right now, but, um, it was just, it was, yeah, it was challenging those first few years while I was there. But then later I started going away and doing my own thing. And yeah, yeah. it got, got easier as time went on Yeah, and just became it, what we, what we did. Yeah. Well, it sounds like the, this time was like super formative for you guys and, and laid a bit of groundwork for like what, what's to come but then mm-hmm. there was it sounds like the the time where you've started doing it more officially and air yeah non-monogamy yeah has been the last two years so there's a gap in there of time so like what what happened you stopped going away to plant trees how how did things well, I'm kind of i guess maybe to add a little bit of timeline like how long ago did you um did that stop did your relationship yeah was more were you together more? She at the time? the dates. She's the cow. I remember the dates better than he does. So <laughs> we actually fully broke up for about a year in okay. August 2016. It was. Um, we broke up 
for a year. I had another relationship during that time. Greg did a lot of traveling and working. Um, I'd have like many relationships throughout kind of thing, I guess. Mm -hmm. Flings or whatever you want to call them. (laughs) Um, But then about a year after we broke up, we ended up getting back together. 2018. That was 2017. Uh, I'm just not going to say anything. We got back together in the fall of 2017. Oh, yeah, then we moved here in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, in 2017, I left that other relationship that I was in for a few months to go back to Greg because I knew he was who I was meant to be with. (laughs) Um, And then we decided to go traveling for a few months in um, Australia, New Zealand, and Asia. And we were doing a lot of traveling. And during those travels, we were spending every day, all day together. And the concept of non-monogamy came up a lot in those discussions. But we did have a lot of time just to talk and inevitably, I don't know, because we were trying to like work on our communication skills, which involves like, maybe addressing some of the past that yeah. like could be considered necessary to like get into, yeah. I guess Yeah, yeah moving, that- moving forward. So we started talking about that and the fact that she had had another relationship kind of made me feel in a way more comfortable bringing up the past because I knew that she, okay, she had the time of like, she moved on. Like she became herself or however you want to put it where a lot of the time I was always like worried that she wasn't like, maybe that's my arrogance or something, <laughs> but it's like, there's always a worry in my mind that like, Oh man, I hope that she's like getting out there and like having fun. Yeah. I think Cause you that's worry. kind think, of the whole point of it in a way. I think you worried that you leaving was holding you back. And that yeah. was a big part of why we broke up was because you were feeling like you were having a negative impact on my life by leaving every so often. And that it was, Took me long enough yeah. to figure that out. But no, well, the real thing was I didn't know what my future was going to bring. I like had a year. I, like, I could have been gone for like a year because I ended up, I taught guitar in Costa Rica for a month. And then after that, I didn't really have any idea what I was going to do. So I kind of felt like I was had some kind of leash on her when I didn't have really any intention of like planning a time to come back and be with her for an extended period of time. So it finally got to the point where I was like, I can't, I just felt too bad. I'd been feeling bad all like every time I left, but this time, I don't know, maybe I grew up and like became more mature and thought about other people more at that point in my life. And I just was like, I can't, I can't be this guy anymore. So I had to like, we had that discussion of like, this has to end because I don't know what's going to happen in my future. And I don't want you to be brought down by me not being able to commit fully mm-hmm. is basically what happened. Mm-hmm. And then you take over before I dig myself a hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that year part was interesting because I knew I still loved you, but I also knew I had to get out of my life in a way that served me and my needs to be happy. So I felt like that year apart, as hard as it was, those first few months were awful, but as hard as it was after those few months, I felt like I was able to gain a new kind of confidence in myself and that I was like worthy of 
being happy, I guess. I felt like I had the time and space to not be waiting around for someone to come home to me. So that was a nice feeling. Wait, you got to like date without having Yeah, and I got my me first, I got my actor, first Tinder was... profile that year, oh, yeah. which was very exciting. Yeah, um, we were late to the Tinder game. Very late to the Tinder game. <laughs> um, so that led to some fun adventures while we were apart. Uh, and I met an amazing person through there and had a great relationship. And I'm still thankful for that relationship to this, this day. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in the end... I think I even in my in the deepest depths of my heart that I tried to ignore, I knew that Greg was the one that I was meant to be with at the end of it all. And when we had broken up, like we were, we didn't talk for an extended period of time. A couple months, yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, you're. Call I called you on your birthday. I wanted to call her the whole time, but I was like, I can't. I wrote her a letter that I never sent because I was like. It affected me pretty <laughs> negatively. It wasn't a great... I didn't have very fun, much fun that year, really. <laughs> like, I mean, I traveled and I did have fun, but, like, there was a bit of a cloud over me that I hadn't felt prior in the other years, whatever that was. Not having you at all was harder than... I knew it was going to be hard, and I did it for a reason. But it turned out that wasn't a good enough reason or something. I don't know. <laughs> but while we weren't together, we did stay in touch and like, I don't know. We became different kind of yeah. friends. And in I a think way. that first time Honestly. I saw you that summer, but we weren't together anymore. We hung out and I remember oh, yeah. looking at you from a totally different light. It was less of like, I own this person and he is mine to a, wow, this person is amazing for who he is, regardless of my relationship to him. Yeah, it was that a, felt yeah, really I felt good. That, too. that felt really nice to be like looking at it from a totally different point of view than I had previously. Whereas before it was all about keeping him as mine, and I can't even acknowledge what he's doing when it's not with me. But this was like accepting the fact that he had this entire year without me, but yet was still this amazing person who I loved being in his presence. And when I saw him that summer, I saw. Are you talking about the music festival? cottage i saw our entire like live slash before our eyes together in the future and yeah we stayed up all night talking and it was pretty incredible and i, I wooed her with my guitar <laughs> no, <it's the> <laughs> oh, i didn't play the trumpet that was the guy, oh, across, the guy the across the lake right yeah. anyway it was a great time and i it was a really nice way of realizing like getting to the root of why we loved each other and that we knew yeah, before it was almost like uh, just something that we were, and that's just the way it always was. Like, I guess a routine, leave three months, come back, do the same thing for the rest of the year. But then that year apart, yeah, it was like a clean slate. It's like, holy shit, we're actually like coming back together because it's what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Instead of because that's like in the plan, I guess you could say. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm. So when you guys, when you two got back together, uh, where, where did your relationship go from there? So now so, we're in like the timeline, like it about, we like picked right up. Right. Yeah. 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 So about Obviously, five, five years ago. That long. Yeah. 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 So in funny, it was seven, 2017, we got back together and oh, four years ago. Okay. We, um, mm-hmm. we actually took off on that great adventure to Australia, New Zealand and Southeast Asia right away. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, because I was in Victoria, BC with my family for Christmas, and then you came and I came and met you. That was like came our and first. had Christmas Christmas with us, and that was the first Christmas we had had together for a year, I guess. Yeah, it seemed like longer, yeah. but yeah, I guess it was only, <laughs> it was only a year. Um, and then yeah, from there we took off traveling for a few months, and then that. That summer, was after we got back from traveling. Oh, yeah, we were done with each other at that point. After traveling together. <laughs> traveling together. We were living in, like, small spaces and, like, a lot of time together, Not which was yet. great. But at the same time, it's, like, having the relationship that we had, like, plenty of time apart, this much time together was, like, okay. Like, <laughs> this was amazing. But we kind of got home and we're, like... Let's take a couple of weeks yes. to like do our own thing. So he left. He went. He left again. He went to BC oh, yeah. for six weeks and two months to work again. Um, but this time, I mean, it was kind of the same thing. We didn't know when you were going to come back. But it was more lighthearted <laughs> because we had like we knew that we were committed and then, at that point, and we were like, and then at one point, talking got- more about things then because when we were away, like like we said, like the idea of non monogamy came up quite a bit, and like I was talking to her about her past relationship. And then she, when she was drunk enough would like ask me about the women that I met. Sometimes she would do that, but it was definitely alcohol induced. (laughs) But after that trip, we kind of figured out how to have that dialogue. And you were listening to podcasts and I was listening to, I don't know if you guys know the Aubrey Marcus podcast, but Mm -hmm. he's an advocate of non-monogamy. Not anymore. He's married now and he's, just with his one woman. But when I was listening to him, he was talking about it all the time. And I was like, okay, like I'm starting to get the flow of like the language and like what the options are out there. And you were doing the same thing. You had some podcasts that you were listening to. Yeah. But that summer you left, we didn't really talk what was going to happen. And then I remember getting a message from you saying, I want to live with you in Halifax. And then I looked for an apartment and then two weeks later you came home and that was like the beginning of our traditional monogamous life together. That was like the fall of 2018 that started. And that was kind of the beginning of this portion of our story. I think was how. Really? I forgot that we had left it like that when I went to BC. Yeah, it was pretty open-ended. And then all of a sudden we were chatting one day and you said, go look for apartments. I love you one. I want to be where you are. Man, I'm so romantic. (laughs) (laughs) Message. Awesome. So so we we found this apartment that we're still living in, and you moved home, and we did that for a couple of years. And then May of 2020, two months into the pandemic happened, and we decided to do it again, open relationships. Except like legitimately. (laughs) And we. We decided that we were going to be openly communicating about it the whole time and like work through it. And yeah, it's so funny because I mean, we're not, I wouldn't call it a dry spell, but like we're not like going on first dates or anything right now. We haven't really been for a while. So yeah, when she told me we were going to do this podcast, I was like, oh, that's so weird because I feel like nothing's happened. I don't even feel like we're really doing it anymore because everything's been like we've had these other one other partners each and like it just feels so normal now but looking back at like at the beginning a year and a half ago how crazy it was we like i don't even know how to explain it it's like every day there's just this weird like this crazy energy of like okay like i could 
go on a date with anybody I want, like whenever I want, that kind of thing. And now we're at this point where it's like, I don't think I even want to bother. <laughs> <laughs> you just go through ups and downs. It's winter. It's the winter month. It's the winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That definitely impacts things. But also, I feel like you've almost like glazed over like the fact that you two have other partners and now like one other partner each. And sure, you're not out dating as much right now, but I'd imagine that there may have been like some challenges along the way with, with having other one other partner, right? Like or the, or the, like the, the time where you finally go from like, Hey, we've listened to some podcasts to like, we're going to actually do this. And not only are we going to do this, but we're in the middle of a global pandemic, like yeah. Yeah. trying to navigate that all at the same time. So I think it was like May, 2020. So two months into the pandemic things by that point here where we live were a bit calmer it wasn't so crazy people were starting to get out again and go back to quote-unquote regular life a little Mm -hmm. bit the weather was changing and everyone was like comfortable being outdoors and Mm -hmm. so so that was an option it started we um we went for a hike one day in the spring it was may so yeah springtime we sat on some rocks by the ocean and just chatted about our relationship after being in lockdown together for two months we're like, so what is it we want for our future? And I think we came to the conclusion that we wanted we wanted to try to be together forever, but we mm-hmm. didn't think it was realistic to only be with each other forever. And that was something we agreed on. But the thought of putting it into practice was really daunting. And it I took think- us years. We've talked about it. Yeah. Well, well, since we got back together for the final time, mm-hmm. the well, you would think anyway. <laughs> like we talked about it a lot, but we always got to the point of like, yeah, that's a good idea, but there's no way yeah, that we're actually going to bother doing this. It's just like something to talk about to like make us feel rebellious or like if we were in a rut, we'd have this conversation kind of thing and it would like spice things up a little bit. But then a few days would go by and then we're like, okay, well, nothing happened. And I don't really know. And I why was, we decided to finally dive in. Well, that fall before previously, like fall of 2019, I was really, I was pushing to be able to date my ex again, the one that I had yeah. been in a relationship with while we were apart because he was open to the, to the idea of... You were pushing it. You brought it I up. I brought it up a few times because I really, he was a lovely person and I enjoyed him and had a lot of fun together. So I wanted to keep seeing him. But we agreed that it was just too, there was too much baggage. Well, you'd see, you'd see him. You go out to dinner sometimes, yeah, we but like, we as far out. as I wouldn't have called it dating. No, but he was like keeping in touch, I guess. Yeah, we weren't, he wasn't. And we decided that it wasn't really appropriate to start our non-monogamy journey with someone that I had so much history with. So then it that was like my first rule. I was like, if we're doing this, like I'm not, I don't want it to be with past partners for whatever reason. I don't know why, but it was something that in my heart, I was like, I don't not comfortable with that at this point. Yeah. Which is interesting because we've also talked to people who go the other direction. They're like, well, I was more comfortable with it because they've had a relationship in the past. Yeah. So it's, it's just interesting how people, everybody sees a little different. So yeah, I appreciate yeah. The, the vulnerability. Yeah, so then, so then back to those rocks in May, we decided that we were going to make, make Tinder profiles when we got home that night. And that's how it all started. Yeah, but it's 
so much harder to get a match as a man. It's like disappointing. <laughs> like yeah. we started up and she'd have like a hundred people like her. And I'm like, this is, this isn't working for me. <laughs> we live in like a very small city. So it's, um, it's challenging. We just eventually got lucky I by both finding people that were in relationships and non-monogamous and it worked out really well. But in the beginning it was, it was yeah interesting. Yeah, I don't get very many matches. <laughs> and I don't I don't know what it is. I guess it's the non-monogamy thing. That's what I hope it is anyway. <laughs> monogamy thing? Like they don't like that. I don't know. But yeah, we let's see, I went on a couple of dates that just were like cool people had a good time, but nothing really happened. And same with same you. Thing. And then she met someone that she got along really well with and started dating. And then shortly after that, I met someone and then now I'm still dating. And both of our partners are married, which makes it, I guess, easier. I think maybe, I don't know. I think it is what it is. Yeah. Maybe it's just, easier, maybe just it's to not. be clear, they're not married to each other. They're married to other well, people. Right? <laughs> well, there was a, kind of a funny story. I started dating the person I'm still dating and started dating in the beginning. Greg actually matched with his wife on Tinder like two months after we were dating, and it was this whole thing whether or not they should date, and we all chatted. There was about a few uh, asking of permission, you could say. Yeah, and they dated for a few months, but in the long run, it didn't work out. But it was a pretty funny few months there. It, where, yeah, it was working out pretty well. I mean, logistically, it makes total sense. It's like yeah, one, two of them go there, and then two of them go there, and then it like always worked out pretty well. It yeah, was a, it, was, it was fun. We definitely dove headfirst into the whole, into the yeah, whole we ordeal. We've got like Tinder apps and Bumble apps, and I mean, I guess old. you could say we dove headfirst, but it's like Dude, it also had, took thirteen years of like doing it. Yeah, through. but when we did it, you had three <laughs> girlfriends at once there for a few months. So yeah, like, I did pretty well at the beginning. I don't know what happened. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! You were just bitching that you don't. <laughs> <I know. laughs> <laughs> yeah no, i don't i'm telling you i don't think about the past that often i think like yeah. five months i'm in, in the present it's not going well in the present there was, no, <laughs> at about five months in there was one point where we had three women on the go and it was a constant joke not three women on the go three you were dating three women, women that i was spending time with dating respecting <laughs> On the go. I'm just I didn't mean on the go in a bad way. I meant you had I'm three other joking. partners that you were interacting with, and it was kind of hilarious because I would always think jokes about how many girlfriends you had. Which never would have happened in the past. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but you don't yeah, live funny. in the you don't live in the past, Greg. You're in no, the future. Yeah, you're, you're, you're here you're in the here. future. I mean, I should start <laughs> a little bit. At least twenty minutes a week or something. Meditate. <laughs> So it's gone all in all, like you seem fairly happy and like it's, it's gone. Okay. But like, ha have you two come up against some like struggles and hurdles you've had to overcome together? So I think in the beginning we had a lot of, there was a lot of rules and negotiation going on at first. It started out by, we could get a dating app. That was the first step. And then the second step was okay. You can, we can go meet people and have a conversation. Step two. And that went on for a while. And then well, it was, go on a first date. Go yeah. on a first date. Mm -hmm. Step three was like, okay, you want to see someone again. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. And how does that fit into our lives? And then it was like... It was okay. very structured. It was very structured at yeah. first. There was certain time 
like of evenings where it was acceptable for us to be out until we had a time where we wanted each other to be home at night. Just wanted to keep it pretty structured. I still like that rule. He does still like that rule. She doesn't like that rule. <laughs> I still like getting ready for bed and trying to go to sleep when she's out on a date. I don't think that's ever going to change. There's just something about it. This has been the biggest issue this entire time. Because <laughs> she doesn't listen. <laughs> it's like, that's the problem. I just don't see how five minutes after 10 p.m. is not the good deal. Well, but anyway. <laughs> there comes a point where you just want to get mad, and now it's an excuse to get upset. You have a bad day at work, and then you got this rule that you break by five minutes, and then I get to vent about something. So that it's was like one therapy. of the challenges. Yeah. <laughs> so the time of night was definitely It was a challenge. It's not a challenge anymore. Though. No, it sounds like you guys, it's totally in the past. <laughs> it's resolved. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, baby steps up for sure. Um, and then it got to the point where it's like, okay, I want to kiss this person. What does that look like? And then. Yeah, we. Had a lot of conversations. It was like at the beginning, it felt like it was all we talked about was our open relationship and our non-monogamy. It was, it was insane. Every, I feel like every single conversation we had was centering around these new rules and these new, new ways. We but the conversations weren't, you kind of are making it sound like it was a drag. No, that no, we were no, talking no. About. We like, were it excited was like, about it. Yeah, it was super fun. We were excited about it, but it just seemed like it totally consumed us for those first, like I'd say four months at least. Yeah. It's funny how things just become regular after <laughs> yeah. you keep doing them. Well, it's right, like, but it's, it's too bad actually. Right, it's brand new, and you're like, "Holy shit!" Like, okay, you can go on a date, and like, that's exciting. And then you do that yeah. a couple of times. You're like, "Well, what's next?" And then you're like, "Oh, yeah. well, what, I don't know. What is next? Like, what does that look like?" Because there isn't there isn't a a rule book, so you kind of yeah. just get to write your own. Mm-hmm, it's true. And we were totally making. Oh, and I wrote the rule book. <laughs> <laughs> I liked the rules a little bit too much in the beginning. I just wanted to make sure, like, no lines were crossed that were like, "Okay, I need." too much time to process it like like if something had happened like say you went on a first date and had sex with someone you came home and that's what i had to deal with like i would don't know what i would do i'd be so i get annoyed i don't like get upset or mad i'm just like very annoyed about stuff like that so, so we had the- some rules set so that i wouldn't get so annoyed at things, so it was like probably. the rule was it was the rule then like you can go on a first date, but like no sex on the first date because you don't oh, want to yeah. have you don't want to have to process like a first date and sex like all at the same yeah, time. Exactly. So yeah, that was the idea. It was basically first date for I'd say a solid two months was our rule. I don't think it was two months. Yeah, it like was. a month, wasn't it? I don't know. <laughs> it was a while. It was a while before I felt like I could ask you if it was okay if I kissed him. Yeah. And then I was like, "How do you feel about me kissing this person?" And then it was, and then I'd say no, and then I wake up in the morning and be like, "No, that's fine, whatever." Yeah, <laughs> that's like how it always like, works. I remember on that. I just drive, gotta sleep on it. On that drive to PEI, we talked about like finally having sex with other people. Oh yeah, and how. Daunting. Well, it was also like at the beginning she was dating someone and I wasn't dating anybody. Sure. So she was like going through all these things, and I was like, I guess it was like I don't know if it was jealousy necessarily, but it was like maybe disappointment or something that like she was getting to go through all this. So I was like keeping my sanity by like making these little rules so that like maybe I would have time to catch up. And then eventually I did find someone to date and we did 
catch up. And then once we both had somebody, then we were both going through the same experiences. Then we kind of started loosening up a little bit. Yeah. And I, I just want to like jump in there, Greg, and say like, I can feel that a lot. Like we, we've been navigating relationships ourselves and like, we've been going through the, the NRE phase at the same time. And mm-hmm. so that made it a lot easier, right? One of us wasn't out there like, this is so exciting. And the other one's like, yeah, it's not that exciting. Like it's the same for me. I just get to see yeah. you less and you're out having fun and I'm not. And so like, I can see how once I can see how number one, those rules helped you feel safer. Mm-hmm. And number two, how once you started experiencing it, like it's easier to be like, Oh, I get it. Like we can relax the rules. And I, I can also yeah. see the flip side of people being like, Oh, this asshole just didn't want to do it until he could do it. But like, there's, there's more to there's it. There's a little that. bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a yin and a yang situation, I think. Yeah. 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 But it's uh, yeah. I mean, everybody does it their own way. Some people dive right in, no rules and they don't get hurt. Sometimes maybe they do get hurt but they deal with it. I don't know. I just wanted to make sure none of us, neither of us got it. Yeah. And it was, I think in the early days it was kind of, it was funny to me to be on the other end of it. Cause Greg seemed to be the one, I don't want to say struggling, but having stronger emotions about it because I was the one that was actively dating more than he was in the early, in the early, in the early days. So mm-hmm. he, he wasn't dating as much and I was, so he was the one having a lot of the feelings that I felt like I felt when we were apart. But now he was the one having them, even though we were living together. And then right. even when he started dating, for me, it was a lot different because I knew he was coming home at the end of the night. I, I had the security of like, I knew when I was going to see him again. So it didn't feel as stressful as it felt when we were doing the time apart, don't ask, don't tell kind of makeup of our relationship this felt a lot more secure like we're doing this as a team i have confidence that you're going to come back to me every single time whereas Mm -hmm. i think in the past i didn't have that confidence all the time in our relationship like it was always kind of a bit of a mystery as to when i was going to see him again whereas now i knew when i would see him again so i felt really confident in it all but for him he was seeing it from a different side well i was actually seeing it which was probably the problem yeah yeah, how was was that harder? Like to know, like it sounds like Greg, your your mentality is like out of sight, out of mind, and Hannah's has been more like, hey, now that I know, it's easier. Yeah, it's definitely we have opposite emotional mm-hmm. feedback to this kind of thing for sure. But I've gotten used to it. It was just at the beginning. Sure. Yeah, I'm. I mean, when we weren't around each other, I didn't have to think about these things at all because i didn't ever see it and then now it's well i just have to see it every time that she comes home which is kind of hard i don't like like to talk about her dates when she gets home and i think we've learned to navigate that situation a lot better at the beginning i really took it to heart that he didn't want to talk a lot when i got home and now i kind of understand that he needs time to process and I don't try to engage in a lot of conversation until maybe the next morning or like a few hours later. I understand that he needs time when I get home from a date to kind of, but it's not every time it's some, sometimes it's worse than this. Depends on how I'm feeling that day. Basically Mm -hmm. sometimes Mm -hmm. it's totally fine. But for me, 
I've never been someone who talks about their dating life to anybody in any way. So it's like the idea of me coming home from a date and then telling her about it. I wouldn't even tell my friend, like anybody about it. So it's just not the way that I go about relationships. So I'm content with just, okay, you went on your date, you had your fun. You like (laughs) we're with the person that you are spending time with. That's fine. But, but that's that yeah. is. But in this situation, when he started going on dates, I wanted to know all of the details. I was like, yeah. "Tell me how it went. Tell what is she like? What did you do? Like, do you like her? Do you not like her? Like, tell me all of the things." And I wanted to know so much detail, which for me was such a like a one eighty from how I had handled our time apart and our like non monogamy in the past mm-hmm. was changing how I how I interacted with his like dates now i i love hearing about what he does most of the time i like like i ask so many questions that are like me don't conflict like, i don't want to tell you these things like you don't need to know all this stuff and i would ask him so many questions and it was yeah, like, I, I, I surprised myself by how much i was okay with knowing I feel like you were trying to prove a point or something <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've never come up against that. No. <laughs> it's it's common. <laughs> and, it's, and it's a really hard balance to strike. I will just say, too, right? Like, one of you wants to know a lot. The other one doesn't necessarily want to know mm-hmm. a lot. And it's also maybe that you don't necessarily want to share a lot. You're maybe a little more private or maybe mm-hmm. there's some shame wrapped up in that. And so when you get all the questions, it starts to be like it feels... For me, it feels almost invasive. Like, I I don't have a problem telling you, but it's, like, hard sometimes Mm -hmm. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you've grown up in a very kind of, you have a very traditional family. You grew up in a very settled situation where you are monogamous. You do all these things. And I think at your core, monogamy was something that you valued. Mm -hmm. And you've kind of had to undo a lot of those beliefs and i think it yeah. very deeply in some ways maybe i'm right you can go away i don't wrong. know because you i know? mean in a way i think you often like the way i have you, a more conservative view of relationships than maybe you do but i mean obviously i was always interested in non-monogamy because right but even today you still say like yeah i'm interested in spending time with people and developing friendships mm-hmm. and having physical relations with other people but like falling in love with someone else is not something you're interested in. Yeah. That's not how I, that's not how I look at being in open relationship. I'm not like on a dating app, like looking for like a second person to fall in love with. And like, that's, I guess that's more of a polyamory thing. I'm still not very good with the vocabulary, but to me being an open relationship feels different than saying I'm looking to be polyamorous. Cause I'm not, necessarily trying to do that i'm looking to go on dates and meet people that i enjoy being around and whether it be intellectual or physical or whatever it is but the idea of like falling in love with another person i don't think i have the emotional capacity to do it or something it doesn't interest me at all it's like i'm very content with like having hannah as the person in my life that i'm in love with and that's the way it is i guess part of it's like i don't I, maybe I don't want to have the responsibility that having being in love with someone else brings into your life in a way or something. It's like having to, like if you're, say if I was in a polyamorous relationship, it'd just be so much 
to root through, I feel like maybe it wouldn't be. <laughs> maybe I have like, I do have like put the word love on a weird pedestal that other people maybe don't or something. I don't know. I just went on a tangent and don't even remember why I started talking about that. <laughs> it's all good. I think that it, it sounds like uh, what you both are describing. Like the two of you kind of have a primary relationship mm-hmm. and you live together and you, uh, that's maybe you do. It sounds like you are practicing hierarchy in mm-hmm. your open, in your relationship. Yeah. So oh, definitely, definitely. Definitely. yeah. The two of you have a primary relationship with your other partners being more secondary. Mm-hmm. And it, from I'm also assuming, but it sounds like they know that as well. They also have mm-hmm. other primary relationships. And then, so yeah. each of you, your relationship with the other partners, it's all understood where everyone is at and everyone's opting into that. Yeah. And that's very important. Definitely. That everyone knows what's going on. Yeah, and I think in the beginning we we active not like we actively sought out, but it was appealing to us to date people that were also in relationships. Mm-hmm. Just I think, in my opinion, the thought of Greg dating a single younger person stressed me out a little bit more than him dating someone who's married and also doing non monogamy because there's a different level of expectation there, maybe a different level of what they would want out of the relationship. Whereas in these circumstances, there's a pretty clear understanding of what we're each able to give and what we want to receive from the other relationships Mm -hmm. that we're in. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely right. The difference, but like that other person might be a secondary partner to you, but you might be their primary Mm -hmm. partner. Right. And then that, that's a, that's a different dynamic. Um, Yeah. That'd be a tough one to deal with. I don't, yeah, anyway, that's not, I don't, I wouldn't want to do that. But I mean, maybe in the future it would happen. Who knows? Yeah. You meet people and things happen. I think we glazed over a little bit about our introduction into, into the whole dating scene. <laughs> into the, in the very beginning, we got into so many apps, like all of them, Field, Bumble, Tinder. And yeah, it was so funny because at one point we had like, each had a date a week and then as a date with like we dated a couple in the beginning like we did all of these things so fast and like greg said now it feels like we're not doing anything so i think that's why he said yeah we we started out sprinting and now we're just like hibernating (laughs) (laughs) i was like we should have done this interview like a year and a half ago when we were just starting out and everything was like brand new it's like felt like we were in a movie or something oh it's hilarious did it see was it too much like was there a point where you're like this is just too it's like too much going on i think so yeah well yeah i mean we have different interests like i'm also a musician i'm in a band so i have like that in and of itself is like a relationship with three other guys and then also the band as a whole so that like takes up a big chunk of my life so the idea of trying to date a bunch of people it was tough to fit everybody in because I also like need alone time too. Mm-hmm. Like I'm an extrovert, but if I don't get my alone time, then I will kind of explode. So yeah, three girls was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> three girls and three guys in a band. <laughs> yeah. And I think it took at the beginning, it was also new and exciting and we dove head first into 
like there, I think there was one week that summer I was like, well, I made out with four people this week. What a week. Yeah. And I was like, it was crazy and it was fun, but it was also not sustainable <laughs> right. for us. Well, anyway. and, it's, and it's the time on the dates plus the time talking about it, yeah. time talking mm. about before, yeah. time after. Like it's, it's not just, oh, you went on a two hour date. It's a 10 hour by the time you get done, like talking about it beforehand and after and everything, yeah, it's a 10 exactly. hour extravaganza. Or Yeah, or we uh, definitely talk more than we <laughs> normally had in the past. Not that we don't talk to each other, but it was like, <laughs> it's like a different level yeah. of deep conversation mm-hmm. that was yeah. happening every day for like four months. Yeah, I felt like we really got to the root of a lot of the things that went along with our past and then of how we, our values and how we viewed our relationship in the present and the future. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it helped us establish like what we wanted going forward. And that was really positive. Yeah. It also gives us, I know it gives me at least like, it's not necessarily, it doesn't matter if I'm dating other people or how many other people I'm dating, but just the fact that, Oh, if I do happen to run into somebody and I'm like, wow, this person is like some kind of special to my brain. I'm allowed to pursue that. Like just knowing that is like a big weight off of the relationship as a whole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not even about the dating. It's like about the opportunity that I could if the yeah. time comes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Totally get it. Yeah. Totally get it. Uh, how open are you to about your relationships with other people in your life? <laughs> we are as open as we can, can be basically. So yeah. early on, I <laughs> that's talk, actually a story a little bit. Yeah. We have some good ones for this one early on. <laughs> like we said, it was all we were talking about and it seemed like the most important thing in our lives. And I was pretty open with all of my friends and a few of my coworkers. I was very open about it in that regard. Yeah. And then I've got this thing about like being, more honest than maybe I need to be with like family and friends. So at first I was like, I don't really want to tell my family, but like after a couple months of like, it was all we were talking about. And like in the moment we're like, wow, this is our life. Like we need to, like, this is so important. Like this is never going to change. We're going to feel like this forever. How am I supposed to keep this from my parents? If this is how I feel. It felt like you were hiding something by not sharing it. Yeah. Yeah. So we ended up telling my, (laughs) my parents and, uh, my mom's emotional. She's a crier. (laughs) I don't think I've gone home in the last 13 years without making her cry at least once happy, sad, distraught, whatever it is, like ecstatically happy. She'll go any, any time, any emotion, tears are what happened. So I ended up telling her and then immediately she just started crying. And I was like, I should have known. And I did it a bit abruptly. I didn't like, I should have planned a speech. I should have written it out like 79 times and like really made it like let her down easy or something, I guess. But I basically, I didn't do that at all. So she was emotionally distraught for like five minutes, <laughs> but she did because she didn't really understand what it all meant to her. Uh, you tell yeah. what she her, what she was feeling. You probably know to her that. and uh, Greg's dad. To them, it felt like it meant we weren't committed to each other anymore, and they were so excited that after all these years of our 
tumultuous relationship that we had finally settled down and lived together and decided to be together, that everything was great and we were committed to each other. And finally to, normal, they thought. Yeah. And to them, <laughs> finding out that we were doing this was meant that we were not committed to each other. And that really made them sad because they, because it changed how they viewed our relationship. And it, they, I think they thought it meant that something was wrong with our relationship. And we had to go through the process of assuring them that no, like everything's great. We love each other. We're communicating. This is, this is fine. Like this doesn't mean anything about our commitment to each other. We're doing this together. And it, it doesn't mean that something's wrong with their relationship. And it took a long conversation of communicating that to them. Well, yeah, my parents didn't know anything about what it all meant. They just assumed it was like, Oh, you guys just want to go fuck other people. Basically. It's probably like all they really thought of it. So I started like sending my mom podcasts about it and like gave her books to read about what it all meant. And then, She's good with that. If I send her something, she'll generally like take the time to look it over and like process it. And she changes her mind if she reads things that are important or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she eventually kind of started to understand and have more of an acceptance about what we were doing. She's still not like just stoked on it. (laughs) I don't think she like tells her friends about it or anything like that. (laughs) She's not proud. But she understands that it's it's not out of lack of love that we made this decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I should have told them or not. I still don't know if I should. I but. think looking back <laughs> on it now, we wish we had waited a little bit longer till we were out of that like honeymoon phase or of whatever. Thinking it was the most important thing in the world, whereas now it's like. Well, it doesn't really matter if people know or not. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah. It's not as important to us, but at that time, it was like the most important thing. Right. Yeah, if I were to feel like I do now about our relationship, I wouldn't bother telling them at all. <laughs> it's like, why put them through that? Like, how selfish are you? It's like, I didn't have to do that. I also didn't think that they. Anyway, it wasn't the greatest reaction, but it's all good now. That's fine. They understand, except we, um, yeah. we got engaged back in September, and the first thing Greg's dad said <laughs> when we got engaged was like, "You're not still gonna be like uh, swinging, are you?" <laughs> it's like, like, yeah, does that uh, mean that you're not gonna be in an open relationship anymore? We're like, uh, we should have just said, "Yeah, that's what it means." <laughs> we should have just said, "Yeah, that's exactly what it means." Like, you don't have to worry about it anymore, Dad. Like. But now you should have we, said, no, no, we're not engaged to each other. <laughs> yeah, that would have been, been the line. <laughs> congratulations yeah, on the engagement, on by the way. Thank you. Thank you. It was a long time coming. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's funny. I know. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, geez. Well, how, I mean, I know we've already, we've already talked for quite a while and you guys have shared amazing wow. stuff and we really appreciate that. Um, I think, you know, one thing that we would love to hear, like, how, how each of you have seen the other one grow over the last, you know, two years or so since you've been doing this, like you've been together a long time, you know, you've known each other a long time. And like, I imagine that over this short period of time, you've each seen, I would say for us, like we've seen huge changes in a short period of time once we started doing some of these really hard things. And mm-hmm. I'm just curious if, if the two of you noticed that as well. You want to go? Yeah, I think in the beginning, 
it was really hard for you. We touched on this earlier, but it was really hard for you when I would come home from dates and you didn't want to hear anything about it. And sometimes we like wouldn't even talk until the next day because you needed so much time to process. That's my favorite thing to do <laughs> is sleep. He loves to sleep on it, um, and that and that has changed over time. You evolved a little bit, and you'll be yeah. warm, and you'll hug me, and you'll talk to me, and you'll and I've gotten better at reading what you need in those moments, mm-hmm. which and, was has been important for sure. Because there's a point in time where it's like it doesn't matter what you say; the person is shut down, and it's just like you're not going to get anywhere. So we're trying to find the balance of like me trying to be open to the conversation that night, whereas she lets me sleep. We're kind of like trying to figure that out. Yeah. And I think also you've just gotten better at not getting so upset. Yeah. (laughs) And I also think we touched on this also a little bit earlier, but just how being in this kind of relationship has allowed you to be more, relaxed and free whereas before i think the concept of being in a monogamous relationship forever was really daunting to you mm-hmm. in that you felt a lot of pressure in being someone's one and only and someone's everything forever i think that pressure was something you didn't want it's a lot of pressure and i think since we've started this journey i've seen that pressure kind of evaporate and seeing how you act when you know there's a little bit more freedom in your actions and mm-hmm. how you're able to be open to other people in your life and mm-hmm. you're free to make choices to build relationships with people instead of a relationship and I think that's always been really important to you and it's been nice to see you be able to act on that now that we've yeah it's like uh done this. yeah it's not necessarily a weight off because a relationship isn't a weight necessarily but it's just like I don't know how to explain it really it does feel lighter mm-hmm. in some way. It's like it's a con. I see you choosing to be with me every day, whereas it just being, oh, this is what we're doing. It's like no, like you yeah. have the option to not be, but you're still choosing to be in this relationship. Yeah, that is a special part of this journey. It's probably not just us. I think it's most people who kind of start this off as like, oh, it's like every day is a choice. Like you get to analyze like do I really love this person every day? Whereas like, if you just make the decision five years ago that we're going to be together forever, then maybe you don't necessarily analyze how you actually feel each day. So it's like, this kind of gives you a chance to check in often. Yeah, and I, I mean, when you feel jealous, when your partner goes on a date, it's like <laughs> it vamps up your connection in one way or another. It definitely wakes you up to feeling something. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that's another thing I've noticed change in you is your your willingness to be vulnerable and your willingness to like share your emotions and actually let yourself feel those things and express those things yeah work in progress it always is yeah it always is yeah Yeah. as far as how you've changed i mean i always used to be pretty shy about talking about the times that we weren't together in the summers. And I always kind of felt like that's probably not a healthy way to be in a relationship is to like have these things that you can't discuss. But since we've kind of gone down this journey of like 
improving our communication, which is like a huge thing. One of the biggest differences in that is in how well that we communicate with each other. But being it's like having access to this past part of you that before you kind of tried to keep in the shadows. Now I'm confident that I can bring it up and you aren't going to feel sad or scared or whatever other emotions might come up. It's like, it's almost like a whole other territory of our lives is able to be kind of walked upon and discussed, which is like awesome. Cause I think I, I wanted to shut that stuff out before because it hurt a lot. Mm. But now that you're here and that I see you come home every night, it's mm-hmm. like, well, I can talk about that stuff because you're not far away. Yeah. So I feel more comfortable talking about that stuff because I can talk to you after and That's I can true. like feel you close and not worry about you being halfway across the country. Yeah, you can only be so emotional over a telephone call. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's definitely different in person. Yeah. It's way easier in a way, but also it's like, it, it's way more <laughs> emotional like capacity that needs to be opened up in that situation. But yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I feel like I've gotten better at that. I think you've gotten better at that too. I also like seeing your nervous energy before, not so much your dates now because you've been dating this person for an extended period of time. But in the beginning when she was going on first dates, like she doesn't necessarily like them very much, but she gets nervous for them. So it's like, whenever it was happening, the kind of apartment was full of like this energy of like, I don't know, antsy, excited, but like she didn't actually, I like had to push her out the door usually. Cause she'd be like, I don't know if I want to do this. So it was fun to like, see her gain that confidence of like going out, meeting a guy, having a conversation. And like, obviously when she's on a date, the guys like her is look at her and she's awesome and cool and beautiful. So like she comes home having spent time with this person who's like, Oh, I'm, she has a feeling of like, Oh, like that went way better than I ever would have expected. I thought this person was going to find me boring, but it was like a super meaningful conversation. And they thought I was cool. It's like, yeah, it's good that you're refreshed every once in a while and like have people tell you that. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. That's not your like primary partner. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Just- yeah. Yeah. I mean, I believe it, but I also, it's nice to get it from somebody else. Right. Like mm-hmm. I'm, it's not that I don't believe Emma when she says I'm awesome, but like she's kind of, uh, you know, bound by contract to, to, to <laughs> tell mean, me that. Right. And it's like, so, you don't need to tell me that. Like I get it. I know right? you've made the decision. You must think I'm okay. Right. <laughs> Another person there to tell you that. Yeah. It feels, I mean, everyone likes to be liked. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So in a relationship means you get to be liked by however many people you have time to see, I guess. (laughs) And, and you get to know about it because I imagine there's a lot of people who like us and we never know about it because they never say anything. Yeah, it's true. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. There's also a lot who don't like me. I know that too. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I I was curious on the first date topic um, and, and just in general, like keeping, keeping yourselves safe, like both, sexually and physically, like going out on dates, meeting new people. I mean, there's not only is there COVID, there's just the, the, there's STIs, there's Mm -hmm. sexual health. There's just the physical, like I'm meeting a random person that I've never met before, probably from the internet. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the first time I went on a date, I was 
going for a hike with someone in a pretty remote area. So I, I think I remember texting you like his license plate number or something. I remember texting you. Yeah, I was pretty you, worried about that. He one. was pretty worried, but I yeah. texted you the description of his truck and the lights. We met at some hiking trailhead, and I gave him the description of his truck and license plate. Mm-hmm. That was a little over the top, but just to be safe that first time. Yeah. And we always would check in, and like I let him know, like he knows usually whereabouts I'm going and what approximately what time I'll be home. Mm-hmm. Those things. Yeah, we don't like to like text too much wow. like when we're on dates or whatever, but yep. a check in like, Oh, I'm coming home now. That kind of a thing yeah. is yeah. basically how we kind of keep track of each other. And I guess. like with regards to sexual stuff, we use condoms with the partners yeah. and um, we get tested regularly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like during, standard things. during COVID in the beginning, we most of our dates are primarily outside just because that's what we like to do. So it worked out pretty well that way. Yeah. Yeah. But the dating outside is kind of, has been the key mm-hmm. through the pandemic for I mean, us. Even just because that's what we like to do. Yeah. Sitting across the people at restaurants is my least favorite thing to do <laughs> when it comes to dating. So going for a hike is much more enjoyable. Yeah. Less eye contact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can walk together instead exactly. of sitting yeah. across. Yeah. 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 And when there's an awkward silence for a few minutes, it's okay because there's other shit going on. Yeah. It's like, oh, I was looking at the bird over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I appreciate that. And I have one other question, but I, maybe I'm going to I've just, I've been asking all the questions. I've been asking some too. Like, yeah. The most recent. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. You're good. Um, we'll, uh, we won't keep you all night. We promise, but go ahead with your question. So how do you feel traveling for a few months in Australia, New Zealand? I know it wasn't, it didn't butt up right to the pandemic, but it was somewhat close. And you said you came home and you were like, Hey, that was great. I need six weeks apart. How did that experience prepare you for being quarantined together? I never really thought about that. Um, he may be asking because we have a similar experience. How <laughs> <laughs> did it work out for you guys? I feel like it subconsciously, I'm sure it had and positive implications. We were also still like, working during quarantine like you had yeah. a job outside. i've been working the whole time I, okay. the my life hasn't been so yeah. different I, gotcha. I mean it's been different obviously but i still work the same hours do the same job i'm outside in the woods and around the city every day i'm a geomatics yeah. technician so i'm one of the guys that like has the tripods up and like gotcha tells construction workers where to put things so i'm yeah. like mm-hmm. outside anyway so it didn't really Gotcha. Impact me that much. I mean, we were spending all of our evenings together, which was a bit different, which led us to be in an open relationship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. No, I think we were, we had been together for those few months in Asia traveling and doing amazing, interesting things. And then that time apart, and then we came back and had a bit of normalcy before the pandemic mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just curious because we, we did we did 11 months backpacking in South America. Oh, okay. We, we came nice. back. We had about not quite a year. No, we had about, yeah, not yeah. quite. And then mm-hmm. the world shut down. And actually, yeah. we, we moved to California just before the pandemic. And when we got there, we were very adamant, like, you're going to go do some of your own stuff. I'm going to go do some of my own mm-hmm. stuff. And it lasted about three weeks. I was taking improv classes. Oh, nice. And Emma was going to Toastmasters. I got three weeks in, she got three weeks in and we're like, Nope, back to living in an apartment together. And like, yeah. cause so we saw each other for a year 
we were together 24 we were doing seven. other par- part things too like there was just yeah we yeah. were trying to be really oh, intentional no. about it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and it just like it it just yeah it but the good news is traveling did prepare us for, yeah. for spending a lot of time together yeah we, yeah. we felt it like wasn't it wasn't ideal so. but it 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 worked out yeah so I was just curious if you two noticed something similar, but it sounds like you weren't forced because a lot of people, right? They they wake up in the morning and they split directions and they come back together ten hours later, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Nope, you don't get to go to work and you don't get to go to work," and now you're in a house together for, you know, twenty four hours a day. Yeah, and, yeah, know. we didn't have that experience. Lucky, gotcha. lucky for us. I think. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I appreciate it, anyways. Um, Sounds like it wasn't quite the same, but hey, you wound up in an open relationship nevertheless. So Yeah, win-win. <laughs> right, yeah. it worked out for everybody. Uh, I'm sure we could talk to you all night. In the interest of time, I guess, do you, either of you have anything else you'd like to share with all of us? And I should ask you, Finn, do you have any more questions? Yeah, but it's, you know... We're, we're not we're, on a time constraint. If you have questions, we can answer. No, it's okay. It's we good. We only have Harry Potter to watch tonight, so... <laughs> <laughs> I think I've heard of that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty popular. <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah, I won't tell you. <laughs> I don't think we have anything else. Really. Yeah, I guess for me, it's just that this whole experience has shown us that there's so many ways to be in a relationship and that it's so important to explore your options and choose monogamy if that's what you want and choose swinging if that's what you want and choose not whatever you want, if that's what you want. Like there's no, you get to, I always call it like build a bear relationship. You can kind of take pieces and make it your own instead of following the script that Mm -hmm. we're told we should follow. I think that's been a pretty big lesson that I've learned. Yeah. It's great that there's so many outlets to find out information about relationships now. Mm -hmm. Cause like I said, when we first got together, we were just winging it basically. Yeah. And it yeah. would have helped to have like your podcast when we were kids. <laughs> it would have helped a lot. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. We're working on a kid's version. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's Muppets and everything. That's sweet, actually. Be careful what you That's promise. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, true. That's the, the normalizing non monogamy kids edition. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Someday maybe. The the ironic part is it's already normal for them because they don't have all the biases and bullshit that we bring in. I know. And then and then we ruin them and then we have to then we have to deprogram them again. So Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's a whole different topic. Yeah. That's a new po- that's a different that's topic. A whole, <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole another topic. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much for your time tonight and for all of the stories and vulnerability. You've had quite the journey and we appreciate being able to get that out in the world. And I for one am excited to hear the update in a year. Yes. Yeah. Even yeah. if you feel like you're like you said, we're not doing anything now. Well, look at we just talked for like a long time, over like yeah. an hour hour and a half about everything. So you got a lot to say, which is it's true. Amazing. It's true. Yeah, and it's a. Uh, I guess another fun thing about it is like there's no. We don't have to be doing this forever, or maybe we will, or maybe it will turn into something else. It's like it's a. Uh, it's freedom. It really is. Just yeah. being completely free with someone that you love is pretty awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's beautifully said and true like it's like you never know what the future will bring you don't know where it's gonna go and you're open to possibilities yeah yeah love it well thank you both 
and have a wonderful night. Enjoy Harry Potter. Thank you. And, uh, you know, I've never seen it. So this know. is my first time, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I've, I've never you even... You had to throw that in there, I just, you? you know, <laughs> I haven't gotten hate mail in a while. I thought I'd throw that out there. I've never... Harry never seen, Yeah, Harry Wadi. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll enjoy and have a wonderful night. Yeah. Thank Thanks. you, guys. Thank you. And we're back. A huge thank you to Hannah and Greg for reaching out and coming on the podcast and sharing your story. Uh yeah, just a huge thank you. We had a wonderful time talking. Yeah, for sure. And a huge thank you to Emma for heading over to our website and checking out all my news. <laughs> just me? Just you. Well, you're the only one who knows at this point. That's true, because it's just me and you recording. Correct. That's, well, and the cat. <laughs> and the cat and the dog. So, yes, thank you, Hannah and Greg, for coming on, for sharing your story, and for being amazing and supporting the work we do here. Thank you. A quick reminder that we do have uh, a bunch of information available on our website, information for our Patreon community, the upcoming virtual meet and greets. We have a virtual trivia coming up and in-person events all available on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Go check it out. We would love to have you join our community uh, or our events, and we'd love to meet you and get to know all of you. So thank you. And Emma, we made a big miss while we slash me made a mistake in the intro. We didn't tell people where to find the links for stdcheck.com. Oh. You go to our website. (laughs) Well, it's pretty easy. We've said our website like a million times. Click on the resources tab and you will see links under there for stdcheck.com or there are links in your podcast show notes, your podcast player show notes, or just send us an email and we'll send you back the link plus a nude. (laughs) No. Not really. That's not true. (laughs) But we will send you a link. All right, with that, uh, next week we have an awesome interview with Hilly, and it's super fun. It's definitely a different dynamic than we've ever had on the show, so we're looking forward to getting that out there. We'll see everybody in a week. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.